Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima Laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic-grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at-home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now... This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Food Heals Podcast, Episode 65. You are going to school, working, living on your own, and working on your dreams. And driving around Los Angeles in a car without a license. Oh, what a <laughs> bad ass. <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today's guest is Lorelai Shellist. Lorelai is an author, a speaker, a fashion icon, archetypes founder, image consultant, and inner beauty empowerment coach who brings new meaning to the definition of supermodel. In her memoir, Runway Runaway, a backstage pass to fashion, romance, and rock and roll, Lorelai inspires with her perseverance, determination, survival skills, and wit. And her story is extremely inspiring. I'm halfway through her book. I'm loving it, Food Heals Nation. You're going to love it too. But before we get to our interview with Lorelai, we have to tell you about today's sponsor. 
Our sponsor today is Thrive Market. Thrive Market carries all your favorite organic natural products always at 25 to 50% off. If you're like us, you care a lot about the food that you put into your body because just like the name of our podcast says, you know that food heals. Yep. The problem is that healthy organic food can be expensive. It doesn't have to be. I'm so sick of paying high prices for good food and we don't have to do it anymore, Food Heals Nation. That's why we are thrilled to tell you about Thrive Market. It has the products of Whole Foods at the prices of Costco. That's right. It's an online shopping club with the best brands and groceries up to 50% off retail prices shipped nationally to your door for free. So we've told you a lot about their products, but here are some of our favorites like Kiss My Face, Lotions and Soaps, Tom's Deodorant and Toothpastes, Source Natural Supplements, Justin's Almond and Peanut Butters, which we know is my favorite, (laughs) (laughs) Alive and Radiant Foods Kale Crunch, And And so so much much more. We didn't plan that. No, not at all. (laughs) We always talk in unison. And I love their vegan starter kit. For just $49.99, you can get 10 different brands of healthy vegan food and snacks, including plantain chips, kelp noodles, tomato basil soup mix, earth balance, vegan cheddar mac and cheese, and of course, like we said earlier, my favorite, Justin's almond butter. And it's all at a fraction of the cost. No. Go on. <laughs> I'm done. That's it. <laughs> so many great deals, Food Heals Nation. What are you waiting for? Really, what are you waiting for? Never pay full price for healthy food again. Go to thrivemarket.com slash foodheals and start your free three-month trial and get 15% off your first order. That's right. Run to your computer and get your discount now. Now. <laughs> now. <laughs> so real quick, Food Heals Nation, before we get to our interview with Lorelai, I just want to make a quick announcement. My editor, pointed this out to me, so I felt like we had to talk about it. In the interview, we talk with Lorelai about her scarves that she's including for the cast and crew of her film and their zebra print. And I just want to assure Food Heals Nation that no zebras were harmed in the making of these scarves. All she meant was that they are printed with that beautiful black and white zebra print. So thanks for bringing that to our attention, Christina, our favorite editor. It did sound like she was talking about actual zebras, but it's definitely just Lorelai's signature style print, and they're gorgeous. I I can't imagine that anyone would really assume that we were, or that Lorelai actually used actual zebra skin, but it is good to point that out and be very clear. We would never promote hurting an animal for fashion (laughs) in any way, but we will promote those scars because they are gorgeous. Anyway, before we get to Lorelai's interview, we are going to play you the trailer to her fashion film about following your dreams entitled Peau sur Peau, Skin on Skin. That was not too bad. So you can learn a little bit about what she's up to. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. Po Sopo, Skin on Skin, is a fashion film about the dreams that lie just beneath the skin. Be who you really are, do what you really love. It's about following that dream wherever it leads and discovering the perfect beauty inherent within. We invite you to join us on this journey to bring this inspiring film about perseverance, courage, and beauty to life. Sharing the true story about a young girl who runs away from home to follow her dreams, to travel the world and become a model, a muse for the most iconic haute couture designers in Paris. Blinded by fashion, blinded by fashion, 
ultimately taking charge of her life. She realizes her dreams, becoming a fashion designer and creating the dream dress for the woman on the run who thrives in her skin. We welcome you to our dream team. Your contribution will not only help fund the cost of production, it will also serve to inspire others to have the confidence, the dedication, and the tenacity to follow their dreams. And you're gonna love the benefits, the perks, and the rewards. Such a lucky girl. Such a lucky girl. Don't let your dreams run away from you. All right, we wanted to play you a little bit of a snippet of what's coming up next on the Food Heals podcast. We have Lorelai Shellist, who is in process of making her dreams come true, which is a fashion film. That is the trailer. We're going to talk all about that and so much more. All right, our guest is Lorelai Shellist, producing a fashion film titled Peau sur Peau, Skin on Skin, directed by award-winning director Robert E. Ball Jr., based on her memoir about a teenage girl who runs away from home to follow her dreams. Her film is slated as a world premiere at the La Jolla International Fashion Film Festival in July 2016. Beyond the runway, Lorelai has appeared internationally in films, TV, commercials, and print, and has gone on the road as a singer-songwriter. She holds degrees from the master's program in spiritual psychology and conscious health and healing from the University of Santa Monica, where I also graduated from, and that is how we connected. Welcome, Lorelai. Well, hello. <laughs> you hello. two are amazing. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for being here. Thank you. So we're really excited about your film, and I really want Food Heals Nation to hear your story because I think it's so inspiring, and I'm halfway through your book, Runway, Runaway, which is on my you know top list of books to read, so. <laughs> you can't put it down. I can't put it down. I'm listening to it, which is even better because it's great when you can hear the story told by the author themselves. You get a different perspective. You get a better perspective, and I love the written word. I love a physical book, but when you can hear it, you feel like you're experiencing it with them you know and driving around Los Angeles it's great to have books on tape because we yes. spend a lot of time in traffic yes so absolutely yeah it's great to be able to download them and audible I mean it's not expensive no, not at all. <laughs> and you can listen to so many more and get through so many more. So let's get a summary of the film you're working on. And then I want to go back and start at the beginning and talk about like how you got to where you are today. Well, the two sort of dovetail, so it's pretty easy to do. The film came about just totally by accident. I've been... I wrote my memoir, as you know, as my second year project at the university. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of a thesis, it's at USM, they make you do a really big project that's close to your heart. Yeah. And writing that memoir was was something that brought up all of my challenges, all of my issues, all of the things that I needed to sort of ha make peace with inside of myself. Sure. And so Runway, Runaway, a backstage pass to fashion, romance, and rock and roll is really my story of growing up as a teen girl who ran away to follow her dreams and then it's the candid truth about what happens when you make that decision a lot of things happen in life that are kismet that are magic and 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 everything looks possible and opportunities arise and yet there are the challenges that go with it and that's the reason why 
following your dreams is is the most important thing you'll ever do for your soul. Absolutely. We couldn't agree more. We preach that on this podcast all the time. Follow your dreams. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we don't, then what are we doing with our lives? Yeah. What's the point in being here? And because they are so close to our hearts, it brings up all our stuff. And that's that's the most important part. It's sort of like spirit doesn't really care if you get where you're going. He just wants to make sure you're going, mm. you know, that you're on your way. And uh, it's the same thing with your parents. Your parents don't care, you know, if you how you end up doing after you graduate from school. They just want you to go to school yeah. and, you know, and learn. And that's what this life is all about. So anyway, runway, runway. So I ran away. I ran away when I was 14, barely 15. Uh, it's, a, you know, why I did is, you know, is all in the book. But I wanted to be a model and I knew exactly what I was doing and I had my life planned out and I was really serious about it and I had my focus on that for a very long time and my parents sort of just kind of went, yeah, right, uh-huh, and they were going to move away to another city and I refused to go. And to cut a long story short, when I got home, they had sold the house and packed up everything in Where the house. Where was this? Here in Los in Angeles. Los Angeles, yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, I mean, here I was right next door to Hollywood. I had my whole, you know, it was all planned out. And they were going to move to San Diego. And it was the early 70s. There was nothing in San Diego back then mm. except the Navy and a lot of freeways. And the zoo? There was a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> but there was no modeling opportunities. No, there really wasn't. And uh, so I refused and ran away. Anyway. On the way, I got myself a modeling agent. That all happened uh, sort of by accident. And then I moved to New York when I was 16. Once I got to New York, I realized, you know, how hard it really was. Yeah. Because then I was really up against the school of the hard knocks. There was no friends around. You know, I had to get a job working at, you know, in Madison Square Garden, you know, as a waitress. Right. And, and you didn't have a trust fund or anything like that. Like, this wasn't easy. Oh, no. Not at all. In fact, before I even got to New York, I, I was working three jobs and going to a continuation high school, mm -hmm. which is why I now work in a continuation high school with at-risk teens. You know, I know what it's like to have gone there. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of where you teach yourself. It's self-motivational. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had to learn how to be motivated. And I didn't have the luxury of somebody paying my bills, so... You know, I used to count tips in a glass vase, you know, 25 cent tips. I worked at the House of Pies in Santa Monica mm -hmm. and I'd come home at 1.30 in the morning and count my quarters and yeah. that's how I paid my rent every month and my bills. And I had pulled in a couple of roommates. One of them was my boyfriend, Brian Ray. He mm -hmm. now plays with Paul McCartney. He was a struggling guitar player at the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, look where he got to. He followed his dreams and kept his eye on the ball too. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you grew up with a lot of dreamers and that came through and made their dreams come true. Yeah, it was so we, we stuck together. We supported each other in our dreams. And I think that that's really what what helped us get where we were going. Mm. It was sort of like we pulled our tips together. Yeah. You know, my roommate, she worked at the Great American Food and Beverage Company, which is where everyone that worked there had to be a performer, a singer, or a musician or something. And they were all working on their dreams to be uh, recording artists and, and whatnot. And she would come home with her leftover food. I would come home with my leftover pies. We'd pool our tips together. Brian would come home from playing gigs or looking for gigs or whatever. And we'd sit there and eat <laughs> two in the morning. And then I'd get up and go to school in the morning and, and then go to another job. And all the while putting my portfolio together because that's what I really wanted to do. That's commitment to those dreams, man. You're how old? 15? 
yeah. at this time. Yeah. And you are going to school, working, living on your own, and working on your dreams. And driving around Los Angeles in a car without a license. Oh, what a... <laughs> In those days, badass. <laughs> in those days, you could get away with that sort of thing. You could oh and my that, God. God, like what a time! Wow, what a time! Can't do that anymore. The fashion film has come from uh, the journey of writing my book, Runway Runaway, which has turned into the brand Runway Runaway because mm-hmm. I, I really went back to school to get credibility, mm-hmm. to be a counselor and a life coach because I was working with at-risk teens. And in that process of writing the book, a lot more was revealed about my life experience and what I had to offer back to people. Because at this point in my life, my purpose is to really use my life experience to inspire others. It's what I wanna do the most. My mission is to inspire others to follow their dreams because I discovered in the writing and the publishing of that book that I had a story that resonated with people. Absolutely. And so, yeah, and it, it's almost like, to me, I was just busy living it. I didn't think it was all that inspiring, but, you know, it's sort of like you do what you have to do and you don't think about it. You just show up. You know, you never do at the time. When you're going through your deepest, darkest shit and your most exciting, you're not like, oh, I'm making waves right now. This is gonna be my future bestseller. This is gonna inspire people. Uh, No. Never. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I mean, uh, recently we were, I've been involved in this fashion film festival world for the last few years because as a speaker and a host, I was invited to be the host at the La Jolla Fashion Film Festival and I started to learn about this genre of films Mm -hmm. uh, which are called fashion films and what they are are they're just short three five ten minute summer 20 minute films and they have everything to do with beauty and fashion and all the brandings and and the beauty of food and how we serve food and how we cook food and how we lay it out and how we design our homes it's like we design our lives and it's all about beauty and that's what fashion is it's not just the clothes you put on so I start to learn about this and it's sort of like fashion films now are what MTV was to music in the 80s you know, we before we had music television, there wasn't that, right? Mm-hmm. And so MTV and the music videos brought this whole new life to music. Well, that's what fashion films are now mm-hmm. because people can look at fashion in a different way. You can put it in scenes and you don't realize that part of that scene is everything that she's wearing or he's wearing or driving or eating or drinking or whatever, the watch that he looks at and everything like that. So it, it became interesting to me um, because it was beautiful but it wasn't a hard sell of a product right and then just by showing up there a director came forward to me and I was sitting there in the audience this past summer because I was not chosen to be the host and I'm thinking well I should be the host (laughs) and and then I had this thought and I thought well I want to do a fashion film forget about hosting I want to do a fashion film Mm -hmm. what also has been happening over the past Uh, five years is I have been developing my own line of women's apparel, Mm -hmm. fashion apparel for women, women of all shapes and sizes, and affordable clothes for women. I love that. Not really expensive stuff. I'm not trying to be Chanel or BCBG or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm the working class model for the working class woman who can afford a beautiful dress, you know, and, and I wanted to create a line of clothing that was elegant, fashionable, divine, and affordable. 
divine. I love that. You know, and you can throw it in the washing machine. You can throw it in your suitcase. It's comfortable. It's not the kind of clothes that you want to take off at the end of the day because you can't wait to get out of them. You know, clothes that you can live on another skin. And I got this idea of skin on skin. Mm -hmm. And because of my brand turning into this whole zebra skin thing, because my book cover has the zebra dress on it, everything started becoming about the zebra and this skin. And then of course I have this connection to this whole deaf leopard community and it's all about leopards. And so animal came into it and, and that's really what we all are. Our love for food, our lust for anything is our animal instinct. Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself sitting in this audience, I want to do a fashion film with my line. I designed this dress, which is my signature piece, and it's called the dream dress. The dream dress for the woman on the run mm -hmm. who thrives in her skin. So I just had this thought and that was it. I left, you know, I had a great time and I thought that was really great. I'm really glad I went as a spectator this year because I really was able to be an observer and mm -hmm. see what was going on. And I didn't think about it again. And about three weeks later, I get a Facebook message from a director who was at the festival who found me. And he researched me and he discovered that I was someone he wanted to meet. We came together and he said that he really was just a director and he didn't know anything about fashion. <laughs> he said, but you know about fashion. He said, can we work together? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, sure, I guess. I don't know. You know, I wasn't expecting this uh okay well what can i do for you i'm thinking he wants me to come on and style for him or something like that he said no i don't even know what i want i just want to work with you and so we started to make a deal he was going to paris to his he had just won the best editors award at the fashion film festival in la jolla and he was on his way to trying to get into the fashion film festival in paris but he hadn't been let in yet mm -hmm. and so he had submitted and no one was getting back to him and he said you know you speak fashion can you try to get in touch with these people and see if you know maybe I can get some answers am I going to Paris or not and I said well you know I don't know how I can help I haven't been to Paris in 25 years but I used to live there so, you know I'll see what I can do and to cut a long story short, it turns out that the woman who was running the festival was a client of mine back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And yes, she did remember me. And I just kind of mentioned that, you know, maybe I would be tagging along if Robert's film got into the festival. And sure enough, Robert's <laughs> film got into the festival. And he was doing the happy dance. And he called me up and he said, I owe you. He said, I am going to direct a fashion film for you. And I said, oh my God, you mean for the dream dress? Because I had told him, I said, well, you know, I might like to make a fashion film. And he said, yeah. He said, well, it looks like we're making a film together. And that's how this whole thing began. And it was really just because I showed up. And I showed up at the festival, even though I was uncomfortable because I wanted to be the host again. Mm -hmm. But it turns out that the producer of the festival likes to use different hosts every year. I think he should use me every year, like they use Billy Crystal every year, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and But it's his festival and he can do what he wants. So I went and it was uncomfortable, but it was really a learning experience and I learned so much. And not only that, I had the opportunity of meeting people that were gonna help me move along on my dream and vice versa. 
Well, it's so interesting because it's like that song, Thank God for Unanswered Prayers, like the Garth Brooks song, because if you had hosted it, you probably would have been so focused on hosting that you wouldn't have made that connection that then led you to what you're doing this year to making your own fashion film. And so it's like sometimes we think that we're not getting what we wanted, but what the universe has in store is so much better. So much better. You know, and like in our grad school, we say this or something better for all concerned. And so what that means is if you're trying to manifest something or if you're trying to pray for something or if you're wishing for something, whatever words you want to use, you want something to happen and you are thinking about it, you want to say this or something better for the highest good of all concerned. And we had that, right, drilled into us at the University of Santa Monica. And it's so important because sometimes you don't get what you want and you don't realize that there's a reason because something greater is waiting for you. And how exciting is that? So when you don't get what you want, it's time to celebrate. Yeah, universe, what you got, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's, it's almost as if, you know, we're conditioned to be upset when things don't go the way we think that they should, instead of being conditioned to celebrate, as yes. you say, and to go, oh, okay, well, that must mean that I'm something else is happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that comes that taps into the ego, right? And that we think we're in control when yeah. we really we know only a piece of the picture, and yeah. there's a greater picture at hand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that brings up a story. Well, we end up in Paris, so I go to this thing with him, and I said, well, if we're going to Paris. Why don't we start to shoot the sizzle reel for the fashion film since we're going to be there anyway. And we're on a no string budget to make this film at this point because we just need a sizzle reel to help raise the money. So we put together a shoot day here in Los Angeles and we shot one of the atelier scenes where I become the designer and we have interesting people in the cast. We have a beautiful actress from Kazakhstan. Uh, She came to Hollywood for her dream to be an actress and it's a little hard for her because she has a funny accent but she's beautiful and everything well in fashion films you don't have a lot of dialogue so there's no problem there mm-hmm. and then I cast a beautiful expressive actor who is deaf and the deaf community also have a lot of artistic expression that is stunted because of their disability and so I thought well why not make this all excess you know, accessible to everyone, like the dream dress. The dream dress is for all women. It's not just for girls that look like models. It's for every shape and size. Why not bring people onto the cast and into the crew that, you know, may not otherwise be chosen? So we got this Igor Dejenga, is his name. His best friend is America's top male model, Mm -hmm. this new guy, Niley. Um, He just won America's top. Oh, okay. He's he's also deaf. So Uh they're buddies. And so we shot that. And then there we were in Paris. And I'm walking down the street. And we're going to go shoot in front of Chanel, where I used to be a model, where I was under contract for Karl Lagerfeld. And I'm thinking to myself, God, just, you know, just use me as a channel. I don't know how this is going to go. Just use me as a channel. Speak through me. Let me be your voice. And we're in front of Chanel, and it starts raining. And you know what it's like when you're trying to shoot in the rain. And he's got his hat covering up his his uh, camera and right. everything like that. And all of a sudden, who comes walking down the street but Marianne Williamson? Oh, wow. I love her. A couple of years ago, I had 
given her four months of my life mm. helping her try to get elected yes. here mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Yes. Mm-hmm. And way back, and I don't know if you've gotten to this part in the book, in my book, where I met her when she was just starting out as a speaker on The Course in Miracles, mm-hmm. and I was modeling. And we ended up sharing an apartment together in New York. And I was having trouble with my fiance. He was drinking too much. And that was the reason why I was staying at my friend's apartment where I met Marianne. Wow. And uh, she said, well, I'm speaking tonight. Why don't you come and see, see what I have, you know, what I have to say. And I didn't know her from Adam. I didn't know what the Course in Miracles was, anything like that. And so I wandered down to this church down the street where she was speaking. And I sat there for two and a half hours, riveted as this woman just talked and talked and talked and inspiring and beautiful things coming out of her mouth and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking how does she do that so the next morning we're in the kitchen making coffee and I come in and I said hi Mary and I said I went and saw you last night she said oh you came and I said yeah I said you are amazing I said how do you memorize all that thinking you know she was like an actress mm-hmm. oh yeah and she said Memorize? She said, I don't memorize that stuff, honey. I channel it. Yeah, she does. I meditate and I ask God to speak through me. Mm. And whatever comes out is what is meant to come out. I can totally understand how you think that. And I mean, I've seen her only, you know, in the past few years here in Los Angeles. But this was years ago, right? And I can totally understand how you think that because it's effortless. Yeah. She has a topic. She has a subject that she's going to speak on. And then she just goes. And yeah. it flows. And it seems like you would think she has a teleprompter or she memorized it. And there's no how PowerPoint she, slides how could she and possibly, talking points. How could she possibly memorize that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So she told me that. And I was 28 years old at the time. And I never forgot it. Mm-hmm. And so ever since then... And then I got to know her also. She became our counselor and we got to know each other. And this is before any of her books came out, any of that. Yeah. And then, of course, that happened and I kind of lost track of her. We lost each other for like 25 years uh-huh. until she moved back to L.A. and started this campaign. Mm. But I carried that along with me and it's what I do when I go in and I work with the at-risk teens, when I'm working um, one-on-one counseling with people, uh, life coaching, whatever it is I'm doing, speaking uh, in front of groups. I do that. I meditate. I say, God, tell me what to say. And I show up and it works. It works for me. I realize it's not even about me. And so I get my own self out of the way and I just let it come through. So here I am in Paris asking God, you know, to let me be his channel. And who comes walking down the street but the channeler herself? <laughs> and, I, and here we are standing under the Chanel sign. And I looked up and I said, very funny. I said, you know, like it was as, as if spirit was having a joke on me. Right. Like you asked for a channel. Here's one. Here you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Can you believe it? And then there she was. And guess who was the first person to donate to my campaign? Marianne. Mm-hmm. Aww. I love her so much. She's so inspirational. Yeah, she's fantastic. It was amazing. And I felt really blessed because, you know, she, you know, for her even to check out my sizzle reel, she's so busy. Right. So busy. And then I thought, well, hang on a minute. I helped her for months on her campaign. So, yeah, why not? But she never forgot. And, you know, and that's what the whole point is, is supporting each other in our dreams. Mm-hmm. And she supported me, and I supported her. She had this dream to be a congresswoman, and it didn't work out. Okay, fine, but whoa, did I learn a lot on that campaign. I learned how to campaign. I bet. I I didn't know I was going to be running my own campaign. Yeah. 
And so, now she has her own program that is trying to expand women in politics, Sister Giant. Right? Oh, yeah, Sister Giant. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. She started that even before that. Yeah. And she's standing there. She's like, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm making a movie. <laughs> I mean, the chances are insane. That I know. You would run into her in Paris. Of all the people in the world oh, yeah. on a rainy day oh, yeah. while I'm shooting. <laughs> you know, it was just like, and that is what I love about following your dreams. And that is the thing that everyone needs to know is that the more, the minute you go, okay, sure, I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. I'm just going to show up for it. Stuff happens like yeah. that. I totally agree. It's like you set your goal and people are so worried about all the things that they have to do to make that happen that they can't possibly make it happen. And it's kind of like they want to have control. And until you let go of control – you can't manifest, right? Mm-hmm. So what do I mean by that? Yes, you, you got to do your to-do list. That doesn't go away. But you have to let go of control and what the outcome is going to be. And also thinking like you can do it all on your own because that's something I suffer from. Right. I'm always like, if, if I can do something on my own without asking for help, I will do it. Oh, me too. And then meanwhile, I'm exhausted yep. and overworked yep. when sometimes it's just easier to ask for help and then offer your help in return, just like you had with Marianne. Yes. Right? Because you can always create more when you have community and when you have many people joined as one yes. as opposed to just on your own. The thing about asking for help, it's not so much that you think that you can do it and you want to control it. It's more the, the thing that holds us back from asking for help is the deserving of someone giving to you. It's mm-hmm. about receiving. Yeah, I'm struggling with that right now. I mean, for me to go out and ask for money, I was paying my rent with quarters I'm the girl who never asked for a dime my father said to me if you don't want to come with us and live with us don't expect a dime from me and I never got a dime from my father my parents did not support me from that moment forward Uh, I never let a man give me money and and you know what because I took on this irrational belief that now because my father wasn't supporting me why would anyone else right right. so here I am now and it's like I'm being offered by by saying yes to this fashion film I'm being offered an opportunity to receive and to say yes universe can you financially support this dream because I financially supported all my own dreams you know and it's not because I I'm paying myself I'm not getting paid to do this fashion film the fashion film for me is a vehicle to inspire people to follow their dreams. It's not about making money. There is no money to be made in fashion films. The only money you need is to produce the thing because not everybody else believes in it and they need to be paid. (laughs) You know, craft services isn't on my dream wagon. You know, uh, (laughs) grips and electricians and insurance companies and crew people, all that. They need to pay their rent. We all need to pay their rent. No one's volunteering insurance for your film. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Like, how much is the insurance going to be if we want to shoot that airplane scene? Private jet, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so really it's bringing up my stuff around asking for help, delegating and and trusting. Mm Mm-hmm. It's really about trust. It really is. Um, Trusting that the universe is going to provide. Well, and it's like Gabrielle Bernstein, who is the disciple of Marianne Williamson, always says, trust that the universe has your back. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like the millennial way of saying it. But it's like, universe has got you. you got to trust it. So you what can't... would you say to someone who doesn't always, because I struggle with that. With I do. Me. Trusting that the universe has my back. 
I'm sorry, I cut you off. Well, what do you say to that? It's, it's, you know what you do? Is you practice gratitude for every time universe had your back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, you need to stop and smell the roses in that, in that way. And so you go, oh, how I do it is I remember, you know, I bought property and I had a laundry room downstairs for my tenant. You know, I worked all this life. I made some money. I invested into real estate. And then I had a couple of apartments under me and I put in a laundry room and I started having to go empty out those quarters. And there was a period of time there when this, all this, you guys saw the big short. Yes. You know, this whole mortgage thing. I got caught up in that and I was about to lose my properties. We did too. Yes. Yeah. So here I was in the laundry room and I'm pulling out these quarters and I'm dumping them into the thing and I'm going, taking them to the bank to pay the water bill. And I'm like, holy cow, not a lot has changed. When I was 15, I was counting quarters. (laughs) But it was like, it was like, oh, the universe supplied the quarters then and they're supplying the quarters now. Yeah. And so it was really about like, thank you, God, you know, thank you for supplying the quarters you know so it's really about looking at the times that it showed up in your life then and how it showed up again here and there and again and again and that's how you build your trust Mm -hmm. you focus on what you got Mm -hmm. not what you don't got Mm -hmm. and that's hard for a lot of people because they want to play the victim they want to place blame they want to say you did this to me or the financial industry or whatever did this to me and it's really easy to do that because shit happens people suck sometimes but you got to take responsibility and go what energy am i putting out there in order to receive because everything is a mirror right so what we put out we then get back So if you put out that good energy and that gratitude, you get that back. If you put out negativity and anger and frustration and, you know, the world is not good to me, you get that back. That's the law of attraction, right? Well, if you think about the universe or spirit or God or whatever you want to call the higher power, if you think about that as if it was your parents, Mm -hmm. for example, say you're a parent and you have a child. We are the child of the universe, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a parent, you're a parent and your child, you keep giving things to your child and your child never has gratitude for it. They don't appreciate it. You basically want to stop giving them stuff. That's a really good analogy. I love that. That's yeah. perfect. I mean, you know, but if your child is like, oh, mommy, thank you, or daddy, you know, I really appreciate this, or you see that they really appreciate the thing that you gave them, mm-hmm. then you want to give them more. Yeah. yeah. And that's how it works it's like the the child in the toy store throwing the tantrum because he wants that toy and that toy yeah i'm not i'm that i've been that kid that oh little, i've been that kid in the, throwing the tantrum in the universal toy store <laughs> <laughs> i've been the adult doing that come on now we should start a new podcast the universal toy tantrum <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously and i'm realizing that now as i go through this Things are coming forward for the film. Yes, I need to raise a bunch of money. Yet and yet, I have to trust. It's a, it's an opportunity and a test to really lean into trusting mm-hmm. and lean into gratitude, and inspire people on the way. And one of the biggest awarenesses that has come for me while I've been. Uh, doing this campaign about following your dreams is noticing all the dreams of other people and really in my heart wanting to help support their dreams too so my question now when I get up and when I meet people every day is what is what is your dream and how can I help you Mm -hmm. I really 
care about that now. Yeah. Whereas before it was kind of like, I'm working on my dreams and you know, you work on yours and I'll work on mine. Yeah. But now I see it differently. Now I see it as a collective consciousness. Yes. You know, it's kind of like the ocean. Every drop of water makes the ocean. And that's kind of what, how I'm seeing that this project is turning out. And I love that. It's so magical. And the more I see that, the more magic shows up. Yeah. Because that's your gratitude. Because you're being in your gratitude. All right. We'll be right back with Lorelai to talk about how she is spreading awareness of self-love, gratitude, and spirituality to those who need it most. Food Heals Nation, if you're like us, you care a lot about the food that you put into your body because you know that food heals. The problem is that good, healthy food can be extremely expensive, but it doesn't have to be. That's why we were thrilled to discover Thrive Market. ThriveMarket.com is like the Costco for everything healthy online. That's right. It's an online shopping club offering the best brands and groceries up to 50% off retail prices. Ship nationally for free. They have brands that I buy all the time like Simply Organic, Garden of Life, Dr. Bronner's, Tom's, Nutiva, 7th Generation, Gaia, and so many more. So basically everything I'm already buying at Whole Foods, right? Exactly, but at 25 to 50% off. And you can easily filter everything by your preferences. Gluten-free, vegan, raw, non-GMO, organic, and even fair trade. But what I love most about Thrive Market is their charitable cause. For every paid membership, ThriveMarket.com donates a free membership to a low-income family, a teacher, or a military family. How awesome is that? This is a game-changer, Food Heals Nation, because you never have to pay full price for healthy foods again. That's why we scored an exclusive discount for you. Yes, so check out Thrive Market and get two months free membership plus 15% off your first order. Join the movement at thrivemarket.com slash foodheals. You're listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. All right, Food Heals Nation, we're back with Lorelai Shellist, author, speaker, and fashion model. Her nonprofit organization, I Am Dreams with Wings, teaches critical life skills to at-risk teens. Lorelai also offers two scholarships at Mesa College in San Diego, the Shellist Music Scholarship, which provides a full tuition for vocational students of music, and the Runway Runaway Fashion Design Scholarship. Lorelai holds degrees from the master's program in spiritual psychology and consciousness, health and healing from the University of Santa Monica, and is a graduate of Allison Armstrong's PAX programs, Peace Between Men and Women. In addition, she is a facilitating counselor with the Freedom to Choose Foundation, working with inmates at Valley State Prison for Women. So tell us about your work with the inmates. At the University of Santa Monica, you know, we have an organization called Freedom to Choose, and we go up to the Valley State Prison for Women and Men uh, four times a year now. And I've been going up there for seven years to work with the uh, inmates at the Valley State Prison. And we teach them a lot of the skills that we learned at the university. And people ask me, you know, why do you go there? Like, why would you? Where is it? Where is Valley It's up in Chowchilla. It's about a four and a half hour drive. We have to stay in a hotel. We have to pay our own way. We have to pay for food, you know. And so, you know, by the end of the weekend. How long are you there? A weekend. A long weekend, yeah. Three days and long days. Yeah. And uh, meetings after and so so on and so forth. But 
you know, being it's about being of service. Yeah. It's about serving. Yeah. You go there to serve them, but really being of service is serving yourself. Yeah. I come away from those weekends full, just full of compassion. You know, it's an opportunity I get to share with them. They get mm-hmm. to share with me. And um, and they're so grateful for when we come there. Are they receptive to what you have to teach? Oh, my God. They love it. Yeah. And even the ones that are, I mean, some of them come in there and you would think, oh, my gosh, we're never going to, you know, like these people. Yeah. They're not, and then they turn around and it's like a light bulb goes off. Yeah. It's amazing. It's magical. And they so need it. Many of these women are lifers. And a lot of them are, you know, people say, well, why would you work with women in prison? Those people are, they're, they're prisoners. They did something wrong. Well, what people don't know is that these, a lot of these women are in there for crimes of self-defense. Mm-hmm. These women have been abused since they were little girls. Oh, yeah. And, you know, one day, one guy yep. pushed them too far and they happened to be standing in the kitchen with like a knife or what well, I don't that, know what you what know was that movie about the the woman in Florida that Charlize Theron played brilliantly and won the Oscar for I forget her name but she had been abused and she had been forced onto the street and yeah I forget her name and one day they just blow up they react and that, yeah and she defended herself and and, and, and spent then, the rest of her life in prison and spent her well and then and they executed her I, I didn't mean, see that I didn't hear about oh that. my god it was it, she did Charlize Theron did a brilliant job because the movie really showed you how even though she she committed an act where she she murdered a man um, you could totally understand how she got there. Yeah. You know, and you could have compassion for the human being that she was. And God, I, you know, if, if I had been put through the same thing and, you know, maybe I would have done the exact same thing. Who knows? It's like it, it humanized her entire story, whereas the media just demonized her. like this. Well, and the, and the media always does. And that's why, you know, uh, people say to me, why do you go up there? And, I, and when I go in there... That's the story I get. You know, where did it all begin? Because mm-hmm. that's where the healing begins, you know? Nobody's more pissed off at them than they are. Yeah. They and are. And then it usually comes out instead of, sometimes it can come out like uh, claws, right? Like they're mean to the world, but really they're angry at themselves. Well, yeah. And then so what we do is we bring peace into their lives in the prison because that's their world. That's where they have to live. But what I was going to get to is that after the, you know, after me going up there for all these years, one of the uh, the leaders of this program, her name is Dr. Bonnie Paul. She shows up one weekend and she she gives me this book and it's got a zebra cover on it because zebra happens to be my brand and you know on all my stuff. And she said, Laurel, I, I found this notebook and it just reminded me of you and I just had to buy it for you. And I said, oh, that's so sweet. And it was just this, and that has become my gratitude book. Oh, I love it. So my little zebra gratitude book sits by my bed or in my little prayer room, and I write in it every day. Mm -hmm. And I write my gratitude. I write what I'm grateful for. If it's my dog, if it's my car, if it's the weather, if it's, you know, the food, if it's, you know, someone meeting someone like you and being on this show and being able to talk to people, everything. I just write them down mm-hmm. and don't let them go unnoticed. It's kind of like writing thank you notes mm-hmm. to the universe. So that to me is like if anybody wants to know how to keep good things happening in your life, have a gratitude book. 
Absolutely. I totally agree. And I actually like the comparison to thank you cards. So if you think about it like a thank you card, like I go crazy when I haven't sent a thank you card. It weighs on me. It bothers me. I'm like, I got to do it. I might be two months late, but I still do it. Um, and this day and age now you can even do it online. So sometimes it's just an e-card. But the point is, until I do it, that bugs me. So what if I thought the same way about my gratitude journal? Until I wrote what I was grateful for each day or each week or what have you, then I was bothered. You know, that would be a great motivating factor because that's what happens with like little things that you know you have to do that you haven't gotten to. <laughs> yeah, but you know, here's the thing. So what's going on in your world? You're walking around beating yourself up because you didn't write thank you notes to people. So you're adding to the list of negativity about yourself. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what writing gratitude or having gratitude for yourself is, is turning that around. It's having positivity for yourself. So really what writing your gratitude is, is writing it to yourself. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. thank you notes to yourself. I know. I'm just saying if I could turn that energy around on myself and have exactly. that anxiety to do it, and then it would not even be a thing anymore. I would just do it. Yeah. Well, and that's the whole reason why, you know, to have a spiritual practice is so important because you do that during your spiritual practice hour, whatever that time of day is that you take for your big S self. Mm -hmm. And the big S is spirit. You know, so if you are spirit and spirit is you, or if you are God and God is you, that time for that space, you know, that S could be space, spirit, sacred, whatever, then you don't have to think about it. And I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, I don't have time for that. How can people make time for that and why should they? Why should it be number one on their list? Well, it's like working out, Mm -hmm. you know? People make time to go to the gym or they don't. Mm -hmm. So if you don't go to the gym, you gotta deal with your body. Mm -hmm. If you go to the gym, you don't have to deal with your body. If you have a spiritual workout, you don't have to deal with your regrets and your you know niggly things that, oh, I should have done this or that. You know, you actually get that so you don't have to think about those things. So it actually takes less time. It takes maybe what we call time in the physical sense of time. Oh, my God, a half an hour out of my day or an hour out of my day. For me, the secret is to get up early. Mm-hmm. Get up a half hour earlier and just have your alone time. That, that works for me. I don't know. Other people might have a different way of doing that. No, I can only do it in the early hours or in the late hours when there's no one texting, emailing, there's nothing distracting because even if it's three o'clock, you turn off your phone, you turn off your emails, you go in a different room because I know it still can happen. I can't fully focus. So for me, it's early mornings, usually later nights. So before bed, but not as I'm falling asleep, a very specific time before bed and then doing the bedtime rituals. Because if you confuse the meditation too much with sleep, you just fall asleep, right? So it's really about setting that intention to do something and then go brush your teeth and do everything that you would do before bed. Um, so it's different for everyone. That's kind of what works for me. But it's it doesn't work at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, anything like that. When the world is spinning, Forget I'm about spinning it. too. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about it, as they say. But you know, the whole metaphor of runway, runaway, and the story, the arc of the book is really about a girl who runs away. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't run away from home. It's sort of like the Wizard of Oz. You know, there's no place like home. Mm-hmm. It's like The Alchemist, too, that book. Did you ever read that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's the story of a runaway who runs back to herself. It's about a return to the self. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're talking about here is yeah. that, you know, we can run away all day long and get distracted, but it 
but at some point we have to return to the self in order to make everything work. Absolutely. Otherwise, we're just hamsters on the wheel. Mm-hmm. That's our show, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for listening. Next week, we'll be back with part two of our interview with Lorelai. Yes, we will be hearing Lorelai's inspiring and tragic story of meeting the love of her life, Steve Clark, who was guitarist and songwriter of the British hard rock band Def Leppard, and how she overcame the loss of losing him to an overdose and found the strength to move on and continue to follow her dreams. It really is an inspiring story, Food Heals Nation. And we're also going to hear all about what Lorelai is up to today. And you can find out how you can be a part of her fashion film, Skin on Skin, at GoFundMe.com slash Dreams with Wings. If you want to support Lorelai's film, she has so many fabulous perks to choose from, such as a fabulous fashionista party, a magic makeover, a limited edition Eric Adler custom bow tie, a limited edition zebra print chiffon scarf, a private consult session with a Hollywood director, a counseling session with Lorelai, and so much more. (laughs) Today's tweetable comes from Lorelai. Self-nurturing is a way of giving to and receiving from ourselves. If you like that, tweet it to Lorelai at Lorelai Shellis. Tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation. And for all the show notes from today's episode, go to foodhealsnation.com slash 66. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. Sign up for our mailing list at foodhealsnation.com and receive a free gift from us. That's right. We have created a brand new guide for you, our Food Heals Nation. Yep. The guide is called Health, Longevity, and Weight Loss Secrets, and it's full of tips, tricks, and secrets collected from some of our favorite guests from the Food Heals podcast. In it, you will learn crazy cool stuff like how to live to 99 with no wrinkles. Susie's grandfather. That's right. How to attract the one. Ooh. How to never get a cavity again. My favorite. Yes, my favorite too. And the real secret to weight loss. Or maybe that's my favorite. They're all my favorites. And And so much more. (laughs) So sign up for our newsletter at foodhealsnation.com. We won't spam you, we promise. No, we won't send you send you too many emails. Trust us, we're too busy for that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so go to foodhealsnation.com to get your free guide, Health, Longevity, and Weight Loss Secrets from the Food Heals Podcast by subscribing today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately.